Before we begin, I'd like to invite you to support the podcast. There's a new feature where you can send me a text message and let me know how the podcast has helped you. You can find this link at the top of every episode's description. You can also go to my website, ascending-minds.com, and you can register for the support group and my newsletter. You can also get a free copy of my guide to dealing with repeated questions. Now on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm going to take a deep look into my healing journey and how I've been stuck for the last little while in my progression towards being fully healed from the loss that I've experienced so far with my wife. Where are you in your healing journey? Have you even begun it? Are you stuck like I was? I hope today's episode will help you understand how you can begin to be healed and become whole again. Welcome to the Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Cardita. In this podcast, I share with you my experiences and learnings from the last 13 years as I've walked by the side of my dear wife, Shanna, as she progresses through Alzheimer's disease. It is my desire that you'll find joy and peace while learning to live with your loved one's disease and not let the disease define you or your loved one. The Surviving Alzheimer's Podcast is brought to you by Ascending Minds, LLC. Recently, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my healing journey over the last few years and want to talk about the fact that sometimes we postpone our healing and even have the belief that we can't fully ever be healed. And I wanted to have a discussion about those sentiments and those feelings and what I and share what I've learned so far. This was recently brought on by a few experiences I've had over the last few weeks and especially this week. A couple of weeks ago, as we gathered on our monthly support group meeting that I've been attending for a few years, I was totally expecting all of us to share how our holidays went and just talk about how we've navigated those sometimes emotional adjustments that we have to make. In the very beginning, one of the members felt like he needed to go first because he had a lot of things to tell us about. And we were shocked to hear that his wife had recently passed away because the last time we heard from this gentleman, he was wrestling with, should I move my wife to memory care, it was getting difficult for him to continue to care for her. So to hear that she had recently passed away was a shock to all of us. It was great to see the compassion from the fellow members. And I admire my friend for his courageous way that he described what happened, how quickly things had changed in his wife's health. And also he shared what a peaceful, sacred time it was to be with her as she passed, surrounded by her family. This caused, I'm sure, all of us on the call to have some interesting thoughts. I know for me, it lingered for days, even weeks, as I contemplated 
for probably the thousandth time in my life, mind what it might be like and what it will be like when it's Shanna's turn to pass. Will I be there? Will, will it be sweet and special? I've probably played it out in my mind hundreds of times. It's something that's very painful to go through, for sure. And as we know, our brains love to avoid pain. That's one of their base programming modes. The other thing that came just recently, a few days ago, was my daughter, who lives out of town, came to visit. And as I spent some time with her, she was very honest with me on some things that I needed to hear. She's usually the ringleader when she comes into town and gathers the family together. And she convinced me to have a family dinner over at our house. If I'm being honest, when she first mentioned it, I wanted to resist. And at the time, I didn't know why, but I complied. And the interesting thing was, we gathered as a family. I wrestled with what to prepare and serve. And in the last few hours, she just mentioned to me, why don't you just go get pizza from the family's favorite pizzeria? So I did that. I had almost the entire family over, four out of my five children, and their families were able to make it. And we had a wonderful two hours at my home. And watching my grandchildren play games and do things in our home really touched me. And my daughter, in the day or so that followed, was being brutally honest with me. And she was telling me that I need to do more of that. And when she was telling me that, I felt very defensive. I didn't try to argue with her. In my own mind, all I can say was, she just doesn't know what I'm dealing with. She just doesn't understand it. But that caused me to think for the next 24 hours about what she said. And in talking to her again about it a day later, I realized what was going on. I've been very reluctant to participate and especially host in family gatherings because Shannon can't be there. Because it's very difficult for her to be out of the house for long periods of time and to be around the noise and chaos of our family. Now, she can do it for a while, and Christmas was a example that she could do that. But I am so reluctant to do things with my children and their families because Shannon most likely can't travel or be there. And it hurts. And it's difficult for me. And I feel that pain. And I feel that guilt that I'm enjoying my family. And she can't. And this is all in my head. Because I know if Shanna could speak with me, she would say, Ken, you go enjoy your grandchildren. You enjoy your children. You do it for the both of us. So these last few days, as I've had this epiphany, this realization, that I've been no longer hosting family events 
on a regular basis. I've been denying both myself and my grandchildren that experience. And I've put that off on my children and my daughters-in-law to do that. I've decided no longer to hold back on that, and that I will rekindle and redo our traditional family gatherings. It was interesting as I was talking to my daughter-in-law, my daughter, about all this. They reminisced a little bit about years past, Christmases past, where we would gather as a family and do many traditions that Shanna had started, especially we had some fun games we played around Christmas time as we gathered on Christmas Eve as a family. And one daughter-in-law mentioned that I haven't made my family famous Italian sauce and cooked pasta and lasagna for the family in a long time. And I thought about all that, the joy that brings, the unity that creates that family tradition that is slowly dying because I am choosing not to do it because I'm trying to avoid the guilt and pain of not having Shannon there. And that leads me to this thought or revelation that I had recently, this morning, as I was on my walk, I realized that I don't have to wait for Shanna to pass, to do things, to, to be healed, to move forward in my life. And I've realized this a little bit along the way, but I had the thought, could I possibly be 100% healed? from her loss before she dies. And then the engineer in me said, oh, you can't do that because you won't get a 100% closure. And then I said to myself, but what if I could get 95% healed? And when she passes, I would complete that journey. And then I realized I've been procrastinating and putting off a lot of things. I've healed a good part of the way, but I've put the brakes on it. And I've been lately focusing more again on what's been lost. And as I sat down to take these notes and jot down some notes for this podcast episode as it was coming to me, I'm sitting at the table and I look to my right and there is a little sign that Shanna purchased, oh my gosh, 20, 30 years ago that just sits in a prominent place in our kitchen and it has the saying, and it's her favorite saying, and it says, whatever you focus on expands. There is so much truth to that statement. And Shanna lived by that. And that's how she tended to cope with difficult things. I've, I, I've been focusing on avoiding pain when it comes to family gatherings. And that's why these holidays are so hard. And I was so apprehensive about Christmas, yet Christmas turned out to be awesome. It was probably the best Christmas Shanna was able to enjoy in the three years that she hasn't lived at home. And so it's made me really stop and think about what I want to do moving forward. This morning, I finished listening to a podcast while I was on my walk that talked about how when we're broken and we heal, we can actually become stronger. And he used the 
analogy of that when we break a bone in our body and that bone heals, it actually is stronger than the original structure of the bone. And I thought about that about our emotions and our feelings and our spirit, our soul. As we go through life and we struggle and we break, if we allow ourselves to be healed, are we stronger? And then I put that in perspective of this whole Alzheimer's journey over the last 10 years with Shanna, and especially the last five years, and in particular the last two years. And I look at where I'm at to where I was, and I do feel, and I can say that I have healed somewhat, and I am stronger. I still have a ways to go. That's what I realized. And that's okay. And one of the things that I've learned in all of this and that I'd like to share with you is that when we are broken or you are hurt and you are struggling, if you choose not to seek healing and you stay in that broken state, it leads to a lot of negative emotions and feelings, such as depression, frustration, anger, sometimes guilt. And as you're in that state and choose to remain in that state, you are blocked from moving forward and you're blocked from feeling things like peace, love, and joy. And I was that way for quite a while, a couple of years. If I add it all up, it seems I've gone in stages with this. I did have a breakthrough a couple years ago. After I moved Shanna out of the house, I started to heal. But I had so much stress and concern over her care that it didn't allow me to recover. When I moved her to the facility she's at, things started to get better very quickly. And that's when I was able to get my head a little bit clearer. I still dealt with some guilt, but it was at that time I started to seek to get some help and get some healing. And that was where I began learning the different things I've learned in becoming a certified faith-based life coach. What I began to do was to apply what I already knew from my belief system as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a Christian. I knew that through the Savior, Jesus Christ, he could heal all wounds. I knew that in my head, but I did not know it always in my heart. Now, if you are not a Christian or you don't believe in God, don't tune out. Whatever higher power you believe in can be your source of healing. For me, it's Jesus Christ, and I will use that as my example. And if that doesn't resonate with you, there's nothing wrong with that. Just substitute in whatever you rely on as your higher power. The example of having something, losing it, and then being healed from it and becoming stronger. I'm going to use the example of when Shanna lost her ability to communicate verbally about three or four years ago. It was very gradual. 
I still was able to understand her somewhat, but the ability to have full two-way conversation has long gone. And I felt a tremendous loss. I felt like I lost my best friend. Because Shanna has always been my best friend, the one I confided and shared everything with. And I was feeling this loss. And as I dwelt on that loss and was stuck in that loss, I truly felt disconnected to her. And it made things very difficult. My attitude of being with her, my desire to be with her had diminished and I felt guilt from that. And I was really in a bad place. And then something happened. I decided that I was tired of feeling depressed, frustrated. I was tired of being sad all the time. And so I chose to try and look at it a little differently. And I sought healing. So in my prayers, my daily prayers, I would ask the Savior to help heal my broken heart. I would use those words. And then I started to ask him to help reconnect me to Shanna. This became a daily ritual. In fact, for the last couple of years, as I'm driving to Shanna's facility, I'm in the car, and as I'm a few miles away, I turn off whatever I'm listening to. And I stop and I think about what I'm about to do to go visit my sweetheart, to spend some quality time with her. I pray and ask, please heal my heart. Help me not to feel heavy when I'm with her. Help me to focus on just being with her, just being present with her. And I ask for the Savior to help me and her to connect, give us his power to do that. And I will tell you, many miracles have happened in the last two years. Sometimes they're very tiny and sometimes they're quite obvious but I have been able to remain connected to Shanna in a way that I never knew existed. It goes beyond words. It's just a spirit-to-spirit connection that we feel. I feel joy again when I'm with her, and so does she. The reason I know is that big smile that everyone notices when I'm with her. All of the people around her who see her all day long, every day, comment that when I'm with her, she lights up. And I know that's her feeling connected with me. Each time I go now, I don't take that connection for granted. I pray for it. And almost every day on the way home, I have a short prayer of gratitude as I thank my Savior for allowing me to feel those deep feelings of connection once again with her. And because of this, I am healing. I am well on my way to being healed. I still have many things that I need to work on, and I'm grateful I have my children to help remind me of some of those. Painful as it might be to realize, 
I've been neglectful in some ways towards the rest of my family in the name of avoiding pain. I know I need to find a better balance point. I need to rekindle my relationship with my extended family even more. And I know that will help heal my soul as well. In fact, I didn't even intend to share those intimate details on this podcast. It just came out as I've been recording it. I more wanted to just keep it on the surface level. But the other thing that I've learned by doing this podcast is I share some of my sacred and intimate interactions with my sweetheart. It heals me to be able to say it out loud and to share it with others. And I thank you for indulging me and telling a lot of my personal experiences in this episode and in other episodes. I do it with the intention to help you. That is the whole reason why I started this podcast and continue to do it, to serve you, the listener. Before we go, I'd like to invite you to take a look at where you're at on your healing journey. Have you even begun it? Are you stuck in the middle like I was? I'd invite you to take a look at and see if you're procrastinating your healing by being stuck. Look for someone to help you to get past the negative emotions so that you can tap into whatever you're source of peace and joy can be, and to start to heal and reconnect with family, friends, and especially your loved one. As always, have a great day, and thanks for listening. The mission of the Surviving Alzheimer's podcast is to educate and inspire caregivers, family, and friends who are on their own unique journey down Dementia Road with their loved ones. I'd really appreciate it if you would share this podcast with anyone who you think it would benefit. And thank you for your support. Before you go, I'd just like to invite you and remind you of the things that we have to offer from Ascending Minds, LLC. You can go to our website, www.ascending-minds.com, and you can register for the Surviving Alzheimer's Support Group. You can register for our newsletter. You can also get a free copy of the guide to responding to our loved ones' repeated questions. You can find links to all this in the episode description, or you can just go to the website and look at the menu. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.